This is LSU Recon, the latest intelligence on the next Fighting Tiger opponent. Now, with the very latest from behind enemy lines, here's your host, the voice of your Fighting Tigers, Chris Blair. Welcome in, everybody. It's another week of LSU Recon as we head towards the SEC opener for 2021. LSU traveling to Starkville to take on Mississippi State Saturday morning kickoff just after 11 o'clock. We go behind enemy lines here to find out what we can about the Tigers' opponent. Happens to be the Bulldogs, longtime foe in the SEC. And we're happy to have join us this week on the show, David Murray, longtime media fixture covering the Bulldogs, Dogs Bite Magazine, and now also 24-7 Sports. David, thanks for joining us. I have to believe you, just like myself, excited to start this session of SEC football. Well, except for one fact, we'll still be seeing SEC football officials this weekend. <laughs> yeah, touche. <laughs> Duly noted. Duly noted. I have to say that, uh, yes, uh, to the Memphis game, that was an SEC crew, and sometimes you wondered about it. As I made a comment to someone, said, is that the worst you've seen? I said, no, I ten weekends a year I get to SEC, SEC baseball umpiring, so I see worse. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty bad there. But here's the thing. As far as I'm concerned, and, you know, Chris, you and I have been around a long time this game, you can't let one game, whether, however it was lost, whether it was officiating, your own fault, the other team, you name it, beat you a second time. If the Bulldogs are still upset today about what was and was not called properly in one game, they're going to lose to a much better Tiger team coming into Scott Field this weekend. David Murray, our guest, again, with 24-7 Sports, Dog Bite Magazine. You can find him simply on Twitter. He's always got good stuff on there, at Dog Bite Mag, uh, Dogs Bite Mag uh, on Twitter. And, you know, it's interesting, David. I was reading some of your stuff earlier this week and, and, and really caught on to the fact, kind of similar to what you just said a moment ago, which is, yes, there were some egregious calls. And you know when the SEC actually releases that there was an issue, a couple of issues, that, uh, well, it it was a pretty big deal. But you also said there's some other things in that game that Mississippi State did on the sidelines and on the field that did not help their cause in the 31-29 to loss to Memphis on the road. Yes, let's be clear. Uh, Mississippi State was already trailing when uh, that uh, the punt play was mishandled totally there. And frankly, they should have been leading all along. You gave away a touchdown in the opening series simply by fumbling the ball. Instead of falling on the ball, a reliable running back just lets it bounce. The Tiger defender picks it runs it in. You're kind of behind the eight ball. From that point, you take a lead, you're up 17-7, to seven, and you have a chance to kick a routine field goal on fourth and second. After, by the way, throwing a third and two fade pattern. Now, Will Rogers could not have thrown that pass better, but you don't throw fade patterns on third downs as a general rule, even in the air raid. Some decisions made there. You look at the rest of the game and that you really put yourself in a position to let the game be taken away from you in many regards and give Memphis credit. I mean, they are a much-improved team. But what grates on folk like myself is you wonder about the offense. You talk about it's still young, it's still developing. Well, yeah, but that was a third college team freshman for the other team who, while his team just scored two offensive touchdowns, still won the game. So a lot of things about the air raid. I know that will be a surprise to Tiger fans given what happened in Baton Rouge last year, but that was such an outlier for the whole 2020 season as Mike Leach is still getting his offense installed, making the personnel fit to it. 
there's a lot of improvements, but there's still a lot of areas you think, is this really going to work, not just at Mississippi State, but in the SEC and the SEC West in general? David Murray, our guest this week on uh, LSU Recon. And, you know, I mentioned from the outset, David, both of these teams are 2-1. and one. And just getting a sense from the, the fan base here at LSU, it feels like, okay, the opening game did not go well at all. And there's been some of the improvements. The things that did not go well in that first game against UCLA have improved slightly in the last two weeks, albeit against a very different competition, McNeese State, and no disrespect, but Central Michigan. So now you're stepping into another game similar in talent, uh, arguably, obviously, uh, an SEC game that you had in week one. For Mississippi State, they're also 2-1. and one. Uh, They got by La Tech, outscored them by one point. An old coach said many years ago, 35 is more than 34, and he'll take it every time. Had a pretty good performance against NC State. Not a high offensive output, but a solid win, 24-10. And then you talked about the issues last week. What is kind of the mindset of Mississippi State Bulldog fans three games into this season based on the body of work? Well, the problem with the body of work is you see what Louisiana Tech did this past weekend, uh, struggled, which, you know, frankly, Mississippi State is up 14 nothing in cruising, and if they make a couple of routine defensive plays, they'd probably blow that game out. North Carolina State, a good, solid veteran team, but not particularly fast. Physical, but not fast. Nothing like what you face in the SEC from top to bottom there. And then Memphis was a speed team, got up there to the line of scrimmage, ran a tempo, and yes, State was able to score, but they didn't maximize their own opportunities against what was a pretty beatable defense there. So I think the main mindset, Chris, is it just goes back to this. We know Zach Arnett will have a good defense on the field. Uh, you look at what State's doing at the rush this year, and by the way, here comes the weekend where the bottom two teams in the SEC in rushing are meeting against each other. And so I expect the ball to be in the air a whole lot more than anything else from both these offenses. But you still have the question marks. Yes, Mike Leach has a sophomore quarterback who is showing a little improved range, but he's got to be much more decisive in getting it out against a Tiger defense that, you know, running through the stats, I can only see a couple of areas where these two teams really are very separated after three games. State's better in third down defense and pass efficiency defense and five minutes time of possession better. But I look at LSU, nine yards better in net punting. And, and I know field position doesn't mean in today's context what it used to mean. But the Tigers, they sack people. I know you're down a defensive end now. There's a painful injury there. But they get after the quarterback. And State's offensive line has had issues protecting Will Rogers, who's not the most mobile guy in the world. So it really comes down to the fact that Bulldog fans, they were excited when Mike Leach was hired and you're still excited about what the air raid could be. The receiver core is vastly improved this year. Makai Polk and guys, Jameer Calvin, Jaden Wally maturing. You hope to get Lediatric Griffin or Tulu, as they call him, out there in the field more. But can they get the ball off against the Tiger defense that, frankly, is just going to line up and come right after Will Rogers and make him make decisions quickly? Yeah, I think that's kind of the the thought that, you know, you're looking at where where rubber meets road in this matchup. I think it comes down, as it does most times, David, uh, as you well know, to to the line of scrimmage. And LSU is going to be aggressive, and they've been able to be aggressive, to your point, really with the front four. Um, And, you know, no doubt i got to believe Durante Jones, the defensive coordinator, is going to continue that call and and test that offensive line early. But I did want to talk about Will Rogers a little bit, um, simply because the last – 
really last time LSU fans saw Mississippi State, K.J. Costello left that game looking like the Heisman favorite after week number one last year. Um, I, I don't want to say anything about K.J. Costello, but but what is it that's different about Will Rogers that, again, as you pointed out, he's still kind of learning and growing in this Mike Leach air raid attack. But but what is it about him that maybe Tiger fans need to know that he's different than K.J. Costello? Well, you mentioned one thing. Costello's gone, obviously, um, and he lost his job midway through the season because he ran into decision-making issues. Uh, when teams started just rushing three, sometimes four, and dropping eight into zone side defenses, Arkansas's defense showed the template to handle a guy like Costello and make him hold the ball. And State's receiver core last year simply was not up to snuff to make those zones crack and stretch and do things that they didn't want to. And the offensive line was able to be beaten by three and four man rushes. You, you mentioned LSU's going to rush four. More teams are rushing for this year because State's offensive line is improved, but still far, far from finished product in that regard. The thing about Rodgers, and one more thing about Costello, that 623 yards passing record in the SEC, that may be one of the greatest outliers statistically in all of conference history. (laughs) And for it to come from the school it did, a school not known for throwing the ball, you sit there and go, is this real? But anyway. About Rodgers, he grew up playing an air raid type offense at Brendan High School. But at this level, it comes down to how quickly does he get the ball out? Well, he hasn't done that. Last year, he certainly did. And this year, he's gotten a little better in some situations. You notice he's actually at his best in fourth quarters. The Tech game, three touchdown drives, one set up by a bad punt, true. But he's able to direct drives because not a hurry up, but he gets up there and makes decisions quickly and goes with it and has better receivers. The Memphis game, you're down, you think you're dead. He brings you back with two good touchdown drives, again against a a lax defense, but still. It's when he plays with a sense of urgency he seems better. He does not have Costello's arm strength. Now that's something LSU had to respect last season. Right now there's no reason for Tigers to worry about playing really deep coverage until he shows he can get the ball down there quickly and accurately. So what you're able to do is make him delay throws, make him default to throwing to the running backs, particularly behind the line of scrimmage, and have one man come up and tackle. If LSU can do that successfully, they will follow the trend of what they were able to do last season against both Costello and Rogers when they struggle. struggled. If LSU doesn't cover downfield, if Polk is able to get open, if Jaden Wally is able to split some of those scenes that he has a couple times in games, if they're able to hit those quick outs to the sideline for 8, 9, 10 yards, then the Bulldog offense has a chance to make things happen and occasionally run the ball because even though the stats don't show it, Jacobius Smarts, who should be healthy, he went out with a concussion in the game last week, but he should be okay this week. Um, he can do some damage running the ball now. Again, to David's point, again, great to have David Murray join us, kind of scout the Bulldogs for us going into the matchup this weekend. Six and a little over six and a half yards passing uh, for every throw so far that Rodgers has made. 8.9 yards per catch. Now you've got nine receivers with 10-plus catches on the year, led by Polk, who is sensational. He's got 25 catches, 226 yards. But you see the average there at 8.9 yards. And, you know, that's kind of the thing that I think was so frustrating last year, David, watching that game in week number one, is a lot of times the air raid offense is death by paper cut. 
Um, and of course, because LSU refused to try to cover up the middle of the field, well, Mike Leach had a field day. I mean, he had to feel like a kid in a candy store uh, being able to throw to the middle of the field and making a six or seven yard pass turn into a 25, 30, 40 yard uh, production. Um, LSU, I think, defensively comes in and says, okay, we've got to keep everything in front of us. They've done a much better job over the last two weeks covering the middle of the field because UCLA was able to do a similar thing in week number one. Um, and, and that's, you know, you mentioned uh, Jaquavius Marks. Uh, you know, he's the second leading receiver on this team. And anybody who's watched Mike Leach over the years knows that the running back is going to catch a lot of passes. Um, yes. I, I think the running game is interesting for both teams because, as you say, if Marks is 100% ready to go, he can do some damage on the ground. This Mississippi State defense, while everybody talks offense, one thing that does stand out, they're giving up just 74 yards on the ground per game. And, of course, LSU has struggled mightily establishing a run game in the first three weeks of the season. I want to switch and talk about defense because last year uh, it really wasn't the issue. LSU scored 34 points. They just couldn't stop Mississippi State. Has the defense for Mississippi State taken a step forward here in 2021 based on what you've seen through the first three games? I think they are better against the rush this year. They're still playing the three-three-five set that Arnett favors. And he's able to really do a good job containing the running game because the front line has been able to stretch plays out. They don't give up much room in the middle. They're able to stretch things, and the linebackers have played really good pursuit. And you notice how many tackles that even the cornerbacks are making out there stopping the running play. So that's what they've been good at this year. What they've been vulnerable to is the big play type receiver. Uh, you notice that Memphis, one of their guys, Austin, had nine of their 16 catches. And you know you're, you're focusing on him, and he's still able to make those plays. That's why I look at LSU and what Kayshawn, what seven catches a game, and what he does per catch. Uh, Deion Smith, what, 21 yards per catch? That's my concern because they've, they've shown that they play steady defense, but they are vulnerable to the big hit in the passing game. So I think that leads to a sense they're going to have to be more aggressive this year. The guy I think Tiger fans should watch is um, would be Tyra Sweet, number two, linebacker. He has had a spectacular season without getting huge statistics. You watch what Arnett does with him. He'll line him up out in the slot sometimes. He'll put him outside the tackle, not to rush, but to contain. Then he'll put him out there to rush. He'll play him between the tackles. Sometimes he'll play him practically over the ball. The guy can play any position there in that box, and he really has been the key, to my mind, in controlling so many things. They're getting some good play now out of a new middle linebacker, Jet Johnson. Nate Watson got banged up in the second game, and he was averaging good stats. But now Jet Johnson, not quite as mobile as Watson, but he's just been really steady in the run game, and that's why you know, Memphis had a solid run game. The state was able to shut that down as well. What it's going to come down to in a lot of ways is can the quarterbacks, Emmanuel Forbes and Martin Emerson, who are really good, but they're both second-year starters and still got a lot to learn, but they're really good quarterbacks, if they can make the right decisions as far as coverage-wise, when to help, when to stay with their guy. A a guy like Jalen Green, the, the Texas transfer, who's been a great pickup, if he is making all the right calls back there at the safety position of when to drop back and support and when to come up and run, cover the run. State has a good chance to play with this Tiger offense. You know, Mac Johnson's had a good year. Uh, you look at his stats. You look at his 
the last two games, how he settled down after a tough first weekend in so many ways, and you respect what LSU can do offensively, I think State has the right matchups to play with the Tigers, defense versus offense. One thing that does concern me, though, and you know, I, I'm sure sometimes fans lose track of this, I want you to look at the penalty figures. LSU is the least penalized team in the conference, and State has three times as many penalties. Yes, a lot of those are false starts in the offense, too, and we can get back to the offense in, in a minute there. But LSU is really not hurting themselves by penalties or turnovers, it seems. Yeah, they have been very good, very consistent there. Another Before we go back to offense and close things up, again, you can find him on Twitter at DogsBiteMag. David Murray's covered this team. He knows Mississippi State football, not just 2021, but basically any year you want to talk about. Defensively, it's a team with Arnett, the defensive coordinator, that's only blitzed in three games 34% of the snaps. Uh, some of that due to really just the fundamental basis of their defense. Um, but so many teams have had success. UCLA had a field day rushing five or six, uh, and they pretty much did it all evening long. Now, you typically say to yourself, if a team's going to blitz, then we're going to design pass plays to get the ball out quickly. We're going to do some things in the run game to offset that blitz. For whatever reason, LSU did not do that in week one. Uh, at times, McNeese had success uh, pressuring the quarterback. So my question to you is, is there any chance that at least early on Arnett says, okay, let's test this offensive line. They've got some veterans, but they've got some guys out. They've got guys playing out of position. Let's test them early and see if we can get some pressure on Max Johnson. Chris, I think they have to. And that's, that's been one of the sore points about the defense. As good as they play in so many ways, they've gotten very few sacks, relatively speaking. Um, even against Memphis, they didn't create a, the defensive line itself has not been creating a lot of pressure. You're talking about guys like Jaden Crumity and Nathan Pickering and Cameron Young, who last year showed they can be good pass rushers. They're getting clogged up this year, um, which, again, helps against the run game. But they themselves have not been putting a whole lot of pressure on passers. So you saw in the Memphis game, and sometimes during the Tech game, Arnett would bring that fourth and fifth player, bring a linebacker, bring a safety. I think they have to do it this weekend. If you let Johnson sit back there and give him extra one or two seconds, it could be a tough day. Even for states, you know, they have one, like I mentioned, they have one of the SEC's better pass efficiency defenses, but that's with allowing for the fact that, you know, they haven't placed really a great quarterback so far. I don't know if you will call Johnson great yet. I think the guy has a lot of potential, but you've, you just can't let him have time to find those fine wide receivers. So I think Zach Arnett is going to have to turn it loose a little bit more. Not always. The key to what I think he's going to do, it's going to be a guessing game. He's going to make LSU's blocking and quarterback decide, are they coming? Are they not? You'll see him send five guys up the line and all of a sudden drop them back for the snap and still bring them again. It's going to be a roll of the dice each time. And if it works out, for Arnett, if he calls the right blitzes at the right times, they can make things happen. If the Tigers guess right in their protections, get the ball out quickly, or even just a plain old draw handoff, which Memphis made work a couple of times against aggressive defense, it could be a long day for State's defense. I think that's going to be one of the fun parts of this matchup. It's going to be the guessing game between Arnett and LSU's offensive play calling. Two things I have. David Murray, nice enough to take time out this week to join us on LSU Recon, brought to you by Cards and Culture. Um, and, and David, 
I, I know you don't want to miss Mike Leach's press conference because those are absolute gold, and he'll be on the teleconference with the SEC, and, and you and I both will be taking that in. But I want to talk about two parts of the game that, that I am going to be looking at. The first of it is you talked about Makai Polk um, and, and what he means to this offense for Mississippi State. Uh, even in last year's game, there wasn't a lot of testing of Derek Stingley uh, and, and really, for that matter, Eli Ricks. But this year, certainly teams have just avoided that. They just, I think Stingley last week has had three targets come his way uh, so far this season. Ricks doesn't have that many more. So probably less than two handfuls of targets on the year. If they decide to kind of cover Polk, if they decide to cover Wally, who is one of those receivers or two of those receivers uh, at the disposal of Mike Leach that he will try to use and get a mismatch somewhere else? Well, assuming that they don't default to throwing to Marks and Johnson, which sounds like a law firm, our two guys, two running backs out there, <laughs> the guys to watch are for possession downs will be Austin Williams. Uh, he's not going to beat you deep, but he has great hands. He runs good routes. He just finds a way to get open, and Rodgers trusts him. He'll bring the ball to him, number 85. The guy who has the best chance to cash in at LSU Obsessive on Polk, on Calvin, on Wally, or Griffin. It's obviously Maliki. Uh, he sat out the first game, for instance, involved in the, uh, the Armed Forces Bowl victory, which I'm sure will well publicize. But he, and to some extent Polk as well, they give State what they haven't had for years, uh, for, for way too many years, in fact, a physical wide receiver with enough speed, but who also can high point those balls. He's, this is the kind of game he really needs to emerge. He's had some good catches. He had a great touchdown catch in the game against North Carolina State, his first game back. State needs more of those things from him, which he's capable of. He was open on the two-point conversion. Rodgers just didn't see him. So Heath is having a good season. I mentioned Polk in that fade pattern earlier. Again, it was a great throw, and Polk was so close to pulling in a nearly impossible catch in the end zone as well. That's what I mentioned by State's receiver core being vastly improved. You know, I'll be blunt. If Dan Mullen had had this receiver core to go with Dak Prescott, State has a great chance of winning the West in the conference that year. State's weakness traditionally has been having enough good receivers at the same time they have a good quarterback. Well, now they've got the receivers. Will Rogers is improving, but can they – you mentioned Stingley and those guys. Yeah, you're not going to throw off at him directly. You're foolish to even try. What you try to do is catch him playing off or getting lax or being focused on somebody else. And at some point, Rodgers is just going to have to get back there, take his two steps, take a deep breath, and unload it, preferably to a guy like a Wally or a Griffin, the two burners out there. You've seen what Griffin can do on kickoff returns. And by the way, if anybody is foolish enough to kick it off to him and give him a chance to return it, they deserve a dock in salary or worse, no matter how it plays out. <laughs> All right, let's flip sides of the ball real quickly. You already mentioned by name Kayshawn Butte. Obviously, that's going to be uh, one of the guys that they have been looking and game planning for this week up in Starkville. But much like Mississippi State, LSU also six, seven stalwart receivers that they go to, and they've got you know yards after catch, um, and and it's not just Butte. Jack Bash comes to mind. The freshman has been phenomenal. His yards after catch are, you know, he'll take five yards, six yards, and then he's hard to bring down. Um, 
go back to 2019. Obviously, Mike Leach was not the coach then. Arnett was not the defensive coordinator. But I think about how they tried to minimize the damage Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson could do on that trip mm-hmm. to Starkville. And we saw a lot of double and bracket coverage early. And then a guy by the name of Racy McMath busts one for nearly 50 <laughs> yards down the sideline. And then things kind of opened up. What do you think the approach will be against the number of receivers LSU will throw at them on Saturday? I think you have to literally and proverbially man up. You can't afford to play a whole lot of support or doubles on there. There's just too many guys that the ball can get out to, especially if you don't generate the pass rush. And honestly, the coverage is secondary. Pressure and rush is primary. If the defensive line lets it go this week if they start beating you mentioned LSU's offensive line has some guys playing a little bit out of position perhaps and maybe some guys are still getting a feel for each other well State went through that last year plus in in a new offensive line formation more wide splits than they were used to guys recruited for a run game by Mullen and Moorhead were asked to block in an air raid they've gotten more comfortable in it now but you see how much an offensive line matters in the modern passing game fans can ignore that so much but what a quarterback can do is often just in totally dependent on the time he's allowed. Just even half a second matters. What State's going to have to do is come after Johnson, take their chances. They're going to have to gamble, and that means leaving your corners and your safeties. There's your man. Stay on him. You know, don't, don't try to complicate th- things too much by playing too many zones. Don't play too much doubles. You, you've just got to let guys be the players they are, if it works, it works. Otherwise, you've taken your best shot. Because if State dares try to double or do things like that, there's somebody who's going to be open. David Murray with Dog Bite Magazine and 24-7 Sports covering Mississippi State. Dogs Bite Mag on Twitter, where you can find him. David, last thing I have for you, I said earlier, TV dictates our lives here in 2021. <laughs> they want us to kick off just after 11 o'clock Central Time Saturday morning. Uh, but, you know, Starkville is one of those great places for tailgating in college football. Um, are they going to be ready? Fans going to be ready at 11 o'clock? I mean, are things starting early enough in Starkville on Saturday? I will tell you this. State fans, because of Central Time Zone, because of our place in the SEC uh, perception order, we've got really, really used to the 11 o'clock kickoff there. <laughs> <laughs> but and, and and what else is also helping is that uh, you know fall baseball is underway as well, defending national championships. Thank God I can finally say that after 41 years of covering the program, <laughs> I was able to write the story. I'd waited that long to write and do it on my birthday, no less, up in Omaha there. So, but yes, uh, Coach Chris Lamonis, they're having scrimmages going on. It's a recruiting weekend, and fans like to know who's showing up for that as well. So, I, the fans who have already made their decision. The weather looks good, by the way, too. Not too hot, certainly not too cool. I'm going to be – honestly, Chris, here's my thing. I think the crowd turnout is going to be kind of a referendum on how fans feel about the state of the program at this point. But the fans who show up for tailgating, oh, they're going to be early and ready because they've waited to play the Tigers again. This is a rivalry that they enjoy thoroughly. And, you know, I'm from Jones County, Mississippi, the free state of Jones and just not that far from Louisiana myself. But I've tried to describe to people that you almost can't understand the cultural shock that an invisible line on a map can make between us, you know, uh, 
going down, you know, kind of uptight, reserved, Protestant South Mississippi to let it rip, let it go South Louisiana. And that's what, to me, makes this such a fun, fun relationship in all sports, not just obviously baseball and, and basketball and football, but all sports. It's just fun when the dogs and tigers get together, no matter where it's at. So I'm expecting a very entertaining game Saturday in the stands, and I'm expecting one on the field as well. That's David Murray, our guest this week on LSU Recon. Nobody covers Mississippi State Bulldogs more in-depth than Mr. Murray. He will continue to have more stories leading up to the matchup this Saturday morning. You can find him on Twitter at DogsBiteMag. That's at DogsBiteMag. We thank him for joining us. We thank you, as always, for stopping by as well. Don't forget, you can just subscribe. Do it now. It's easy to do. Just hit the subscribe button. And whenever the new LSU Recon drops on Thursday, it'll be right there in your handy mobile device. And, of course, if you like it as well, it won't hurt my feelings. In fact, that make me feel pretty good. This Saturday, everything cranks up on the LSU Sports Radio Network at 9 o'clock. That's right, 9 o'clock LSU game day. Former Tigers, Garrett Brumfield, Marlon Favorite, and your host, Hunt Palmer, will kick off our day of broadcasting. Then Doug Morrow, Gordy Rush will join me from Davis Wade Stadium with a kickoff, Mississippi State and LSU, just after 11 a.m. Brunch and SEC football. Doesn't get better than that. We will be back next week. Until then, this is Chris Blair saying so long, everybody, and go Tigers. LSU Recon is a production of LSUSP and Playfly Sports. Hit the subscribe button now and never miss a new episode. You can follow Chris at LSU Tigers Voice.